This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. according to Matthew. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the, the wise took flasks of oil with the lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, Look, here is, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Glad of the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise the Lord, the word of God. Thank you, William. 
Say good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Evening. Well-known Christian wrote, the last days are upon us. Weigh carefully times. Look for him who is above all time, eternal and invisible. That was not written by a modern prophecy ex expert. It was written by a man named Ignatius about 110 AD, just a couple of decades after the Apostle John wrote Revelation. Another Christian wrote, There is no doubt that the Antichrist has already been born. Firmly established in his early years, he will, after reaching maturity, achieve supreme power. That was written by an influential Christian named Martin about 375 AD. Another early church father, Hippolytus, wrote in the year 236 AD that Christ was sure to return by 500 AD. The years surrounding the year 1000 were filled with predictions about the Im imminent return of Christ to the point where Christians didn't plant crops for the next year, buildings weren't repaired, and the details of daily life were ignored. In the 1500s, Martin Luther wrote, we have reached the time of, of, the, of the white horse of the apocalypse. This world will not last any longer than another hundred years. A little known fact of the life of Christopher Columbus is that he was a student of biblical prophecy. He wrote a volume called The Book of Prophecies, in which he predicted that the world would end in the year 1656. He even wrote, there's no doubt the world must end in 155 years. The year 1666 saw an explosion in end times and speculation. One pastor wrote in his journal that every time a storm hit that year, his people would go to the church building to await Christ's second coming. In the 1800s, a man named William Miller predicted the return of Christ. He laid down the date of somewhere between March of 1842 and 1843. The hopes of the Millerites were dashed when it didn't happen. Their hopes were down, but not out. In New Hampshire in 1844, one of the brothers stood up and declared he would, his return would be in the seventh month of the current Jewish year. More fervently than ever, the Millerites set out to warn the world. October 22nd, the end of the world was pronounced. In ten weeks, the great day was at hand. In Philadelphia's store window, this sign appeared. This shop is closed in honor of the King of Kings, who will appear on the 20th of October. Get ready, friends, to crown him Lord of all. A group of about 200 left the city. They waited, but the days passed and nothing happened. Five years later, another date was set, and another date passed. It never stops. About 1992, there was a popular book in Christian bookstores by Harold Camping. The title was 1994. Another date set. In 1993, he wrote another book called Much More Evidence that 1994 Could Be the End of the World. 1994 came and went. Today, you can walk into a Christian bookstore and see dozens of books making bold predictions about the return of Jesus. This is the very thing that Jesus was trying to prevent. And yet, Christians persist to this day. The Left Behind series does it too. Though it is presented as fiction, Tim LaFay, to Tim LaHaye suggests that the events of our day point to the imminent return of Christ. Fulfillment of end of times prophecy. Jesus, on the other hand, as we saw in Matthew 24 last week, insisted that we could not know the time of his return. Instead, he taught us through a series of several parables that we ought to be prepared at all times. And that's the lesson for our reading this afternoon. Notice in our reading, 
It is the groom who is the center of attention. In the male-dominated society of Jesus' day, that was the way of life. Not anymore. Now, it's the bride who is the center of attention. Everyone waits for her arrival. Everyone stands when she enters the room. Everyone stares at her beautiful dress. The groom is the guy just, just the guy sweating next to the preacher. One lucky enough to have one beloved and beautiful bride. I like it our way. But in Jesus' day, it was the groom for whom everyone waited with bated breath. Part of the wedding celebration was a, a feast that followed the actual wedding ceremony. That is what Jesus speaks of here. It was traditional for the bridesmaid to wait at home, wait at a home, together with, with the bridegroom to come and bring them to the wedding feast. Another part of the tradition was for the bridegroom's for the bridegroom to negotiate with the bride's family about a gift to give them in return for their daughter. Often, negotiations would be laid by the bride's parents as a way of communicating that they thought their daughter was worth much more than the groom had gestured by his initial gift. That would cause a delay in the wedding feast. In Jesus' story, the bridesmaids are waiting uh, through just such a delay. In such a delay, they were to be ready at any moment for him to arrive and escort them to the feast. To the feast. Five of them, however, were not ready. They had time to get the extra oil they needed, but they did not feel the sense of urgency to do so right away. Their procrastination caused embarrassment when the groom came and they had to run to the store for more oil. The problem was that when they returned and sought entrance to the feast, they were considered no different than other un uninvited seekers. The feast had begun and the doors were locked. It was too late. And Jesus says his return will be like that. Be prepared. The bottom line of this story whether the oil represents your faith, the Holy Spirit, Christian character, it doesn't really matter. Why? Because each feeds itself each other. It could be any or all three that Jesus had in mind. The message of James, the main message is to be, be ready, to be prepared at all time. Even though, even though he delays. Have you ever heard the story of Jeff and Janelle Youngblood, Youngblood's first date? Janelle was expecting Jeff to show up. She was dressed up and waiting patiently. However, by the time he was an hour late, she figured she had been stood up. So she took off her makeup, put on her new pajamas, and gathered all the junk food in the pantry and sat down to watch TV. As her favorite show was just coming on, the doorbell rang. It was Jeff. He stared at her wide-eyed and said, I'm two hours late and you're still not ready? It's a joke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, don't let my return sneak up on you. You're ready all the time. I thought of the electricity crisis in Texas. It kind of snuck up on us a few years ago, a few winters ago. But did it really? I mean, shouldn't they have seen it coming and been prepared for it? When did they ignore the obvious? Not enough new power plants being built for years while the population grew. Old plants closed for good and some closed for repairs. Did it sneak up on them? They took the convenience for granted without considering what it takes to maintain that convenience. And thus, we were in a crisis. Brownouts and blackouts, especially during one of the worst cold snaps that had been seen in decades. Lives were lost. We, were, we weren't prepared. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 2-4, For you know quite well that the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. When people are, say, are saying, all is well, everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall upon them as suddenly as a woman's birth pains begin when her child is about to be born. And there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. 
And you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. You know, because there are some things you can't borrow. The first thing is faith, the relationship with God through Christ. The second thing is character produced by the Holy Spirit, a product of your relationship with Jesus and time. In high school, I used to watch reruns of MASH in bed on a little TV before I went to bed and to sleep at night. And we're at a episode where Hawkeye is called out to the front lines to do a shortage of doctors there. When he arrives, there are bombs and bullets flying all around. He suddenly realizes that his own life is in great danger. So he, in, in some of the spare, few spare moments he has, he takes time to write out his last will and testament. Eventually, another doctor arrives at the front and Hawkeye is able to return to the 4077 MASH. He arrives late in the evening, enters the office, sits down at the desk, and works on the conclusion of his will. Leo comes in and seeks him and sees him and asks him what he's doing. Hawkeye tells him, tells him and Klinger responds by saying, No paperwork is so important that it can't wait until tomorrow. Hawkeye looks at him thoughtfully and says, I used to think that way too, but not anymore. It was not until Hawkeye had experienced his close encounter with death on the front lines that he came to realize the great importance of being prepared for death and living every day to the fullest. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, Not all people who, who sound religious are really godly. They may refer to me as Lord, but they still won't enter the kingdom of heaven. The decisive issue is whether they obey my Father in heaven. On judgment day, many will tell me, Lord, Lord, we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Go away. Is there evidence of a relationship, real relationship in your life with Jesus? I remember an old commercial for Ameritrade advertising the ease and speed which you can establish an online investment account. Lazy husband on a Saturday told his wife to do just one thing. Told by his wife to do just one thing. He does it last minute and last and acts indignant. Yeah, you can't do it that way with God. That's the point of this parable. Last second preparation isn't effective. Because your current choices reflect your present faith and character, the now is all that matters. We have no guarantee of tomorrow. All we have for sure is today, this moment. From Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, 8, and 15, the Holy Spirit says, Today you must listen to his voice. Don't harden your hearts against him as Israel did when they rebelled. But never forget the warning. Today you must listen to his voice. Don't harden your hearts against him. Years ago, 20th Century Fox advertised in the New York papers to fill a vacancy in its sales force. One applicant replied, I am at present selling furniture at the address below. You may judge my ability as a salesman if you will stop in to see me at any time, pretending that you are interested in buying furniture. When you come in, you can identify me by my red hair, and I will have no way of identifying you. Your salesmanship as I exhibit during your visit, therefore, will be no more than my usual workday approach and not a special effort to impress the prospective employer. From among, from among more than 1,500 applicants, this guy got the job. In conclusion, I have to admit I don't like this parable. I like most of the stories Jesus told, but most of the story, most of the ones he told emphasize gracious invitations, offers to mercy, and that's the way the story starts. But then there are those words, and the door was shut. That was so final. The story seems so contrary to the image Jesus has drawn of God, forgiving endlessly forgiving. But Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like this story too. 
like the parables that emphasize grace. Come in time, God will take you just as you are. But there is an end to the window of opportunity. And it comes at death or the second coming, whichever comes first for you. There are no second chances then. From Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says, And just as it is destined that each person dies only once, and after that comes judgment. This story is not somehow a contradiction to grace. This story does not teach that you are saved by good works, as if that were the oil in the lamps. But if you receive the grace of God by faith, you will be changed, transformed, continually over time. That's what happens when you receive Christ by faith. The Holy Spirit doesn't number on you unless you resist, unless you didn't really have faith to begin with. So are you prepared? So how do I keep plenty of oil in my lamp? If you have never placed your faith in Jesus, that's where you must start. When you become a Christian, you receive the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit. He gives you a new nature. You begin to draw from that never-ending well to change your life from the inside out. If you've already placed your faith in Jesus, then you daily seek to freshen and deepen that relationship through prayer, study of God's Word, fellowship with other Christians, and by cooperating with the Holy Spirit as He guides you. If you knew that tomorrow was your last day on earth, how would you live it differently? Would you confess hidden sins that you thought could, you could get away with or that you thought you would deal with some other day? Would you decide to follow through in accepting God's offer for, for forgiveness in Jesus? Would you be baptized in Christ? Would you heal a relationship with someone you are angry with or someone you hurt? Would you talk to God more in prayer? Would you finally get around to sharing your faith with that person you've been thinking about for so long? If so, then what Jesus is saying is do that today, right now. Because today may be your last day. Eagerly await his return. And remember the deeper problem. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 13, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with self-control, right conduct, and devotion to God while we look forward to that wonderful event when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. From Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, he will bring salvation to all those who are eagerly awaiting him. From 1 Corinthians chapter 1 through 7, chapter 1 verse 7, as you eagerly wait for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, from Revelations chapter 16, verse 15, take note, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all who are watching for me, who keep their robes ready so they will not need to walk naked and ashamed. Do you anticipate his return? Or are you distracted by other things here? There's an old country song that goes, prop me up beside the jukebox when I die. Lord, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go tonight. Fill my boots up with sand, but it's just drinking my hand. And prop me up beside the jukebox when I die. If you're really looking forward to heaven, if you really trusted Jesus to prepare a place for us that beats anything here on earth, we would be prepared for his return. Amen. It is time for everybody's favorite part of the service. That's right, the announcements.
Quick and easy here. Quick and easy, okay. Nothing's ever quick and easy. Nope, it's not. Uh, there we go. So, 99. Go. It's, it's running slow for some reason. Here it is. Oh, now it works. Okay, there you go. Okay, back it up. Wanna go? Okay. Now we gotta hit it again. Back, back up to the one right for this. Show me the video. Now, go forward. Compliments, serves, suggestions, or complaints. We have some one of those. You're going to need one of these. Boom. A email uh, feedback at DallasUSC.com, or you can just go to the DallasUSC.com website uh, to come contact us. And if you have any compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Uh, all right. Uh, so if you have a prayer or you uh, need a request for a prayer, you can just uh, go to and email us at prayer.dallasusc.com or go to the dallasusc.com website and click on prayer. Uh, we pray every day here at uh, Dallas Universal Life Church. Um, we either choose to be in our prayers and intercessions that we do every Sunday, or we can do in our daily prayers. Um, it's up to you if you want to be on the camera or not. Um, you can make a difference. Make sure that uh, you if you wanted to donate to Dallas USC, go to DallasUSC.com, click on the donate button. Uh, we are a 501c, uh, three, the 501c3, uh, non-for-profit organization. So um, all your um, donations are tax deductible, uh, but um, that shouldn't be the reason why you do it. <laughs> the reason why you should do it is because you want to support the church <laughs> and make sure that the, you know, you know, the word of God, and uh, you know the word that we spread, and how we feel about it, you know, and that everybody loves everybody, and that everybody should love everyone, is uh, is told to everyone online, everywhere. Because mm-hmm. it, it's not cheap to run a church. Just all right, but if you don't have any money, right? You're poor, you're broke, and you're like, oh my goodness, I want to help my church. I really want to help my church, but I can't. I can't seem to get any, enough money to pay my bills and and do that. You can volunteer. Volunteering is just as good as you know paying uh, money. It's your time. Uh, uh, we have plenty of different things. You can go to DallasUSC.com, click on the volunteer tab, and you can uh, find something on there on the list of uh, different volunteer um, jobs you can have, or you can just go talk to Mark about you know work. We always have work that we can put you to. We always have stuff that needs to get done, doesn't get done. Okay. Yeah. So yes, please volunteer. Thank you. All right. So did you know that we had two podcasts? Two. Oh my goodness. Yes, we have two podcasts. We have um, our original one that we had. We had for what? So now seven years, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's just basically um, the uh, sermons, everything that you usually hear. Ronan, the ghost. Okay. Um, <laughs> They really don't like us talking about the podcasts. Apparently. Um, so I'm going to keep it short and simple. So that's, you know, we all make these, right? Because everybody listens to it, right? Um, so yeah, your path is the one where it has all of our daily, uh, not our daily, our weekly um, services and gospel and everything like that. Uh, but the life lessons are the fun ones, the ones that are like two or three minutes long. They usually, uh, they, you know, really hit you hard in like the chest and say, oh, wow, that, that's, wow. <laughs> it's that it's the aha moment that Oprah always talks about. <laughs> it's like, it's that one, it's like, oh, 
I didn't think about it that way. And it's a life lesson. How do we check them out? Now you can always check those out by going on to any of your search any search engine and typing in uh, your path with Bishopmark or life lessons with Bishopmark. Uh, we, we do have a list of um, different uh, people that we are with uh, that's on the back of the programs. Uh, or you could always just go to Alexa and say, Alexa, or or this one in case it's Echo, play your pad. Welcome back to your path with Bishopmark. All right. Echo, stop. Echo. Stop. Echo. Stop. Those are downstairs and get calm as well. Yes. Uh, so now you have calm. Just click on the podcast tab. Or just, if it says your path of vision mark, we'll right go on there. Yeah, they're both individually on there. wash your hands kill all the bacteria and viruses mm-hmm. okay right okay we don't want people dying because we didn't wash our hands okay mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. The robot says that we need to wash our hands so you better wash your hands wash your hands all right thanksgiving's quickly approaching uh on the 23rd of november what's the date today Today is the day 12. of the 12th. How many days away is that? That's 11 days. So, oh. 11 days. Go ahead. All right. Um, we are having a Thanksgiving service on that day. We also are having our annual. That's next. Okay. We're just going to have our Thanksgiving service on Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Be sure you're there on time. So that way we can get it all done. Potluck. Right. And then we can have our potluck afterwards. Because we're all going to be hungry at that point at 5.30. Mm-hmm. If you're not there on time, okay. you're gonna be the one without a plate. I ordered a wonderful hanger. I need a can that day. I'm gonna make my mother's famous cream bean casserole at home. Excuse me. If you're late, you're late. You're gonna say, okay? Say what? Well, we will take your potluck food, so you will know. go. Next most important thing is. All right. Speaking of potluck, we got the Thanksgiving potluck that immediately follows after the service. Um, make sure that you do sign up and tell Bishop Mark what you're bringing, okay? So that way, two people will bring the same thing. It's the worst thing in the world. We don't want we don't want like an extra ton of like green bean casserole. Whenever we know we we all just want something different, right? Green bean casserole and ham is just like 
That's great. Gotta have some other stuff too. See him on Monday. See him today. If you don't see him today, then <laughs> I don't, I don't, you're not invited. Oh gosh, just kidding. I'm kidding. Everybody's included. Everybody's included. You get a plate. I'm really, really upset because you didn't bring anything. All right. We made it. <laughs> Thank you, William. To this Miss Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do my final hit. Just say. Mm-hmm.